All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back. After missing one episode, we are back with Oilers Nation Radio. Tyler, Rick, Dan, Bagged Milk. We are here to talk about a team that is on a three-game winning streak. We are going to jump into things, do it in a bit of a different order. We're going to save the delicious debate for a little bit later in the pod, and we are going to start the show with the Alberta Blue Cross Games recap. It's brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross, and they're fantastic travel insurance you can find out more by hitting to ab.bluecross.ca slash travel protect your memories and more wherever your travel takes you with alberta blue cross but you know what actually scrap the game recap let's go around the horn and do a little holiday recap rick how was your christmas break it was good buddy it was good it was a little bit short you know i I have to go back to work i was back to work on boxing day but uh, i made the most out of christmas day and and got right back into it. But the only thing I'm upset about is by about halfway through the 27th, as I was out of uh, leftover stuffing and mashed potatoes. And it's been kind of been a bit of a bit of a bummer since. I know bagged milk has been annoyed because of that pesky elf who's always going around putting a little something, something in his drinks. Is he still kicking BM? He's trying to. He's trying to. I uh, drank a lot over this break, and it's irresponsible of me. So, 2024, Tyler, I'm going to quit drinking for good. How do you think? What do you think about that? I think you might make it to January 17th when we go to the Pond Doggy Tournament with Tourism Jasper. Ah, I don't see him making it past like January 4th. (laughs) Either the Oilers will stink, and you'll be like, damn, I need to drink, or the Oilers will win seven games in a row, and you'll be like, let's party. Or I'll just forget I said this and have a glass of wine just because I like it. There you go. Uh, well, January 1st, the Christmas party. He's not getting past that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. 
So, but yeah, just randomly selected January 4th for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about it to be honest. So, between now and the 4th, I'm going to try not to. That's a good goal. That's a good goal. Dan, what's going on with you? Uh, doing great. I'm uh, my my Christmas holiday kicked in on December the 24th and uh, just been going ever since. Uh, ripped over to Lloyd Minster for a day and then ripped back and flew out to Halifax and we're in Halifax for a week. So it's a great time with the family and, and just, uh, enjoying, enjoying time with the family and friends. Nice. Dan out in Halifax. That is very on brand. Uh, since we last met gentlemen, the Oilers have won back to back hockey games. And I'll be honest when the road trip started and they lost that game to the Islanders, I was pretty down in the dumps about the whole thing. It kind of felt like they missed the best opportunity to get two points on the road trip. And I said it would take a minor miracle for them to win both games against the Devils and the Rangers. Rick, you were shaking your head. You saw those wins coming. You believed in their chances going into Madison Square Garden on a Friday night in the second of back to backs. If we go back to a certain episode, and I don't know which one it is, but we predicted what we thought was going to happen in the road trip. And I said three, and oh, and they should have beat the Islanders. This team, dude, this team is exactly who we, they, this team is who we wanted them to be at the beginning of the season. They had that stupid 12, 13, whatever game fucking thing was. But ever since we were in Seattle with them, it's been a whole different team. This has been ever since that day, they have turned into that team that many believe can win the Stanley Cup. That is who this team is. And I am saying again, I think this Western trip, should be a three and zero as well. Hey, they already started off with a five nothing win over the Sharks. But BM, I want to go back to that game against the Rangers. The Oilers win four three. They're down one nothing though going into the third period. I said it was kind of similar to the win against the Jets that came in November, where they were down one nothing heading into the third. But like you felt okay about it because they were playing good. They were just getting goalied. What impressed you the most about that win over the Rangers? I think that was just that they stuck with it. It was like you said, it was Jonathan Quick was doing 2013 Jonathan Quick things through for uh, probably the first 40 minutes, but the boys kept at it, kept at it, kept at it. And then eventually they finally got something to go. I also like that they got some depth goals again in that game. Ryan McLeod heater who saw this one coming, but it's nice that they're getting some contributions from throughout the lineup. And that's obviously contributing to wins. And that was a perfect example of it against the Rangers. Dan, have they shown you anything over this three game winning streak, six, three over the devils, four, three over the Rangers, five, nothing over the sharks that they weren't showing you like two, three weeks ago. Uh, yes. And no, like, I just think that it's a good reminder to me that like the, you know, that there is still ebbs and flows to the season. Uh, the Oilers need more, more of those flows to come uh, because of our, our early ebbs to this season. Uh, but yeah, I just, I mean, you know, we had our, we had our, another little bit of a dip uh, against the Florida teams and the, uh, and then the Islanders too, uh, you know, but I, I think that the team is still, was still doing the right things in those games when they lost, especially against uh, Tampa where it, it wasn't necessarily, it didn't necessarily feel like a three game losing streak uh, that would have felt that we, that we felt in October. So it just, yeah, I, I think that it's reminded me that the ship is stable, you know, and, and we're, we're, we're headed in the right direction. I don't necessarily think that everything is perfect right now, uh, but you know, you, you have a pretty, pretty good set it in, forget it, a game against the sharks to, uh, to really kind of remind you that the team that lost to that same sharks team is not, here anymore 
Yeah, that loss to the Sharks in November, looking back on it, that was definitely rock bottom for the whole struggles early in the season, like the game that got Woody fired more or less. And then they come out yesterday and... I don't think that was their A, A minus, A plus performance. That was like a B minus performance. And I said at the start of Owen Everyday that it was the most boring game of the season. But that is like a compliment. The Oilers went out there and said, we're just not going to screw around. We're the better team. We'll just win. Man, it's to put out an old fight analogy. You know, you come out and you just give that guy a flurry of punches right at the start. And then you're asking him, do you want any more? And, and the Sharks had a couple of opportunities in the first period where they, you know, you kind of felt like, oh, if the Oilers keep letting them do those odd man chances, we're probably going to have a goal against here. Uh, but that, those were snuffed out throughout the rest of the game. And it just kind of felt like the Sharks were kind of just saying, you know what, we're good. We don't need to have the light, the lamp lit either way anymore. And uh, the Oilers were fine playing that game the rest of the way. Rick, in my three key things, uh, article at OilersNation.com that went up this morning, it was just one of the things that I pointed out was everything you guys said true, but San Jose just sucks. Like you can't recap a game like that without talking about how bad they are. They're awful as a team. And yeah, it's nice to put up five goals in the first 40 minutes. Do obviously got the shutout, but they are a bad hockey team. That is, there's a reason they've lost seven in a row. Yeah, they're really stinky and they give up like five or more goals in all of those games as well. I follow a couple goal differential is like 50 more 50 worse than second place. Yeah. It's like if I'm not mistaken, their goal differential is like minus 73. And maybe the next one was like minus 40 or minus 30 something. It was absolutely insane when they showed that last night. Well, and I mean, you know, all and they just, and they, did they not just beat like the five previous Stanley cup winners too? No, that was the, that's the coyotes. Well, the coyotes did that. Yeah. No, they, they've been, the sharks have been steadily just dying a slow death here, but uh, you know, like the goalie, the goalie that they put in there, Chroma or whatever, you know, he, he felt every bit the rookie that he is. Uh, it, it really felt like he was just doing situational goaltending where he was just in the right spot where he should be in that moment. And the goal went around him anyways. Like it's just a, it was a, we got reverse goalie there at the start of the game. To Rick's point, the Sharks have a goal differential of minus 76. Next <laughs> up that I can find is Chicago. What's second place? Chicago's minus 42. There you go. That's absolutely insane. Dude, we're 30 games into the season. <laughs> yeah, the Sharks have played 36 games and they're down 76 goals in goal differential. That's they've insane. Scored, they've scored 74, but have given up 150, which is <laughs> leads the league by 18. The the Blackhawks score, or sorry, I guess the Columbus Blue Jacks have minus 132, but they score a little bit more. Yeah, so per game BM, the Sharks allow 4.08 goals. The Blue Jackets are second last at 3.64. So I'm not great at math, as you know, but that's about half a goal more than any other team in the NHL, which is they're bad. I saw I follow a couple Sharks beat guys, and one of them was complaining yesterday. I think it was about Alex Barabanov. And they're like, God, why isn't this guy sitting in the press box? All he does is turn over the pucks. And another guy responded to him and was like, they don't have any other players like they have to play Barabanov. He's one of the only guys who has NHL even close to NHL caliber skill. It's dry. As I was writing the GDB for yesterday, I was looking at the just the line combos from the Sharks. It's just it's mostly who is this person and then some skeletons of guys that used to be good a while ago. It's it's a wild team to look at. They are a far cry from the Jumbo Joe days. I'll tell you that much. What did you guys make of them giving that Magnus Krona his first NHL start? I feel like if I was him, I would have been like, yes, it's my dream to make a start in the NHL. 
maybe we pick a different game. Maybe I maybe I'm sick today. Maybe I don't want to play Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl on my first time in net. You just yeah. gotta feed them. Just get say get out there. You gotta protect the. You gotta protect your number one, your number two, and like what was he like number three or four goaltender? Yeah. You gotta like. All right, sorry, kid. This is you're getting an NHL paycheck. You're getting you're on television. We'll bring your family here. <laughs> you know, it's I think it's nice outside, but yeah, for the next three hours, well, hopefully the last three hours, <laughs> you're gonna be you know who you're gonna face. It is what it is. Go out there and enjoy your time. Fair enough. Um let's I was just what did you say the goal differential was for the sharks right now? Minus minus seventy six. Minus seventy six. Oh, sorry. Okay. I just went and did some quick Dan math looking through the Oilers decade of darkness. And I think that I found the worst one we, we had as a goal differential was 72 for an entire 82 game season. Like the Sharks are going to be colossally worse. I like their odds of being that. That's wild. I don't know if I like, if anybody can bring up a Tyler, you rapidly trying to bring up a better stat than that for Mm -hmm. our goal differential over the decade of darkness. I was trying to see, like, we watched some really bad defensive hockey teams in Edmonton. We mm-hmm. never had a team in the decade of darkness average more than four goals against per game over the course of an entire season. Like, that never happened. So, again, that just this shows This is wild. The worst mark for goals against in a season for the Oilers during the decade of darkness would have been 0-9-10 when they allowed 3.39. So, like, again, not even close to the 4.08 that the Sharks are at right now. So it's an ugly one in San Jose. I know some people were uh, trying to be like, ah, is there anyone you'd like to grab off the scrap heap when they sell off at the deadline? And honestly... I don't think there is. I'm not sure if there's a player like I don't mind Anthony Duclair, but I'm not sure exactly what he'd do for the Oilers. I don't want Mike Hoffman. LeBanc's too expensive. Like there really isn't anyone on that team that I think is a good fit for the Oilers. I I think uh, outside of Mackenzie Blackwood, I guess, is maybe the only one. Yep. Yeah, like, I mean, you'd, you'd like to have if Thomas Hurdle was maybe like an expiring contract, you know, you'd be like, OK, that might work, but he's not. So it doesn't. Let's uh, wrap up the wrap up of these two games by giving some love to players who came through. It is who delivered and it is delivered by DoorDash, where for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25 percent off and zero delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and use the promo code nation 25 download the app use the promo code nation 25 get yourself 25 percent off maybe your new year's resolution is to try more local restaurants doordash can help you accomplish that resolution in 2024 uh, i will start with you bag milk over these last two games rangers sharks who delivered uh, how can i not say ryan mcleod the guy had what three goals on his last four shots at one point so i i fit four goals on four shots yes four. yeah so how could you not pick him? I mean, he was, he started off, he's got more points on this little mini run than he had oh, the yeah. entire first 20 some odd games <laughs> of the year. So Ryan McLeod, he, we needed him to start chipping in with some offense. He has done that. He is doing that first time in his career. He's put up three consecutive multi-point games. So Ryan McLeod, you get my vote. You're delivering for us, pal. You are my favorite cloud since the cumulus. This is like, if you're a coach on that coaching staff, you got to sit him down and be like, dude, 
this is what happens when you shoot the puck. Like yeah. he's played Sam Gagne has played in 14 fewer games than Ryan McLeod and only has three less shots on goal. Ryan McLeod is 10th on the Oilers in shots on goal on the season. And he's fourth on the team in shooting percentage. Like, dude, shoot. You have a good shot. If you use it, the pucks will start to go in. He still drives me crazy. I love the heater, but it's like almost infuriating because it's like, man, if you just shoot the puck more, you're going to score like this a lot. It's wild. Uh, Dan, who do you have as who delivered? Uh, My guy is Zach Hyman. I was just trying to quickly look up his numbers as to where he is in the league right now. I think it's sixth in scoring. Uh, just quietly put in two goals over these last two games, uh, a third goal last night that he was close on, but apparently didn't touch according to Toronto reviews or whatever. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's, it's Zach Iman. He's just, uh, he's everything we need from the top six, uh, you know, and, and I think it was Coombe last night, or maybe it was Aaron was just talking about, you know, we, everybody just says, oh, well, he plays with McDavid. Well, yeah, but we've had a lot of people try to play with Connor McDavid and not be as successful as Zach Hyman is. So Zach Hyman is my guy. Zach Hyman is tied with David Pasternak for fifth in the NHL with 20 goals, and he's played two fewer games than David Pasternak so far this season. He's one back of Sam Reinhart for fourth, and he's played three fewer games than Sam Reinhart. If you go straight up goals per game and use the metric of like at least 10 games played or whatever, the only guys who are scoring at a better clip than him are Kucherov, Besser, and of course, Austin Matthews, Zach Hyman, Zachary Martin Hyman continued his heater. Uh, Rick, who delivered for you? On pace for 50, by the way. Jeez, man, for five points on a million bucks. Just for the record, Pasta has as many goals as Hyman does. Just sorry. Yeah, that's fine. I just want to make sure we get it out there properly. Um... Stu, I mean, every time people people want to chase him out of town a long, not that long ago, actually. Um, they always want to find, you know, he, our puck gets past him. They want to find a reason for it. Dude has been solid since the 11th of of, uh, of November, yep. since Seattle, right? He's turned the game, he's turned his game around along with the rest of the team. And I think he deserves a little bit of love. I think he deserves a lot of love. A shutout in the last two games, 950 some. His save percentage against the uh, against the Rangers was worse than it should have been because that goal went in at the buzzer or whatever, and it was kind of like, oh, whatever. Like he was point two seconds. Nine twelve. Yeah, still had a nine twelve even with that goal since November eleventh. So Seattle, Rick. No goalie in the NHL has more wins than Stuart Skinner. In that time, he has a 909 save percentage and a 243 goals against average. I saw that there was this notion going around, and we'll get to the Rodrigue thing in a bit, but separate from that, someone was like, oh, if you give Rodrigue a run here, maybe it opens up the door. You trade Skinner for an established number one. And I'm sitting there going, why would you draft and develop Stuart Skinner? And then in year one of what could end up being a great bargain contract, you go, well, we're good. That's enough. Like if he can be like he's been for the last seven weeks now, a 909 goalie, this team is more than okay. Yeah, but Tyler, you don't know what's in the box until you get the box. <laughs> yeah, I love a mystery box. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what that craziness. Means. That's craziness. That is a nonsense idea, whoever has come up with that. It was wild. Um so they, yeah, were, Stuart, they were dipping the, the magical elf got to them a little bit too much magical elf. He's he's everywhere. That rascal. 
And like, I know 909 isn't like an elite save percentage over that span or anything like that. But if you go back through Skinner's last 10 games, he's had one bad game against the Lightning. Granted, that game was very bad. I totally get it. But one bad game out of every 10, if he's also going to mix in a shutout and he had one against Washington too, he's got two shutouts on the year already. Like, come on, people. Um, it's it's the eye test for me too. And I think you've talked about it, Tyler. Like, the, just, it's that swagger that he has when he's, when he's on. And... It's that fire that he has. It's that Mike Smith fire you see when that puck goes in with 0.1 second left to go. He's the most angry guy on the ice. And you you can determine whatever you want about that. The guy is fired up and he's in the game. He's locked in. He knew that that was that close and he was still engaged on it. So you love to see it. Yeah. People said that fire Mike Smith had was a bad thing for the record. I'd like to point that out. Well, okay. It was fine until he turned the lens on his defenseman after every goal. And it was, that's when I think I turned on Mike Smith. He was always yelling at sweet little Philip Broberg. What did Philip Broberg do? You know, uh, anyways, it played into the Bouchard hate. Yeah, it did a little bit. Um, Stuart Skinner, two shutouts in his last 16 games as well. The, the numbers just, they look good. So we'll talk a little bit about gold, a little bit more about goaltending in a second here. But uh, you guys, you've done who? McLeod's gotten one. Skinner's gotten one. Hyman's gotten one. Maybe I should go with Evan Bouchard as my who delivered because he just stayed hot. Um, all this guy does is produce an insane amount of points, a two point night against the San Jose Sharks. I know he was cold there for a little bit from a point production standpoint, but he is still over a point per game as a defenseman on the season. What he's doing is incredible. There are only a couple of D men who have both played in 30 games and are above a point per game. It's Hedman Dobson. Bouchard, McCarr, and Hughes, like one of five, one of the five best point producing defensemen is an Edmonton Oiler. I know plus minus stinks, but his plus minus is starting to get better. So the people who love glaring at that number don't have much of a leg to stand on. His defensive play continues to improve. The Edmonton Oilers have an elite offensive defenseman on their team. And I think paired up with a guy like Matthias Ekholm, who is starting to look once again, like vintage Matthias Ekholm, that pass he made to Zach Hyman in the Rangers game was disgusting and Ekholm's been great in his own end like Bouchard and Ekholm are slowly starting to look more and more like a legit number one pairing is that insane no not at all it's and I think you can start calling him future all-star Evan Bouchard like pencil him in like Kim Hyman and McDavid I think are are guaranteed options now should we do a way too early uh prediction on his contract oh that's a, that's a, oh, that's an ugly number. That's a mean thing to do, Ben. Wanye uh, tweeted something yesterday during the game after he scored that made me laugh out loud. He goes, Evan Bouchard's next contract is going to make all of us think Darnell Nurse is underpaid. And it just made me laugh out loud. What's Makari? What's Makari? Nine something, like Kale Makar signed an eight year deal with an AAV of nine million bucks. Sorry, a five or six year deal worth nine million bucks a year. Yeah, it won't be that much more than that. Should be around, yeah, nine, nine and a half. But here, hey, let's give Ken it's not Holland, next summer, it's summer after that. Let's yeah, give Ken Holland some love. It's going to go up like 10 mil by then. Can you imagine if Holland would have only given him a one year deal? <laughs> At least we got Bouchard <laughs> next year for 3.9. Like, that's significant. This, yeah. year's, this year is a discount deal. Next year is going to be a discount deal. Elite NHL defenseman. He's got more points than Bedard does. 
The wild thing too about Bouchard right now is that shot from the point is turned just, it's a deadly option that the Oilers haven't had in a while. It finds its way through traffic. It's hard. It's he's devastating back there right now. And I don't understand the people who refuse to like, or don't want to give him the right amount of credit for that. Like we are a fan base that sat through a lot of defensemen who could not hit the net if their life depended on it. Andre Sekera would hit a million shin pads and couldn't get a puck through. And we finally Pitkin in. Yeah, we finally have a defenseman on the blue line who consistently gets pucks through, gets pucks on net, finds holes, and people just shrug and go like, yeah, so he turns the puck over once in a while. And it's like, God damn it. We can be a little bit better than that, I think, you know? Can I give an honorary who delivered, Tyler? Yes. Connor Brown has more points in December than Jonathan Huberto. Oof. That delivers for me. Thank you. He's had he's had a better a better looking, a visually better couple of games. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's a matter of time. I keep predicting him to score goals in my not so obvious game day prediction in GDBs, and oh, damn it, one of these times I'm going to get it right. You know what? You just need a little bit of effectiveness from a fourth liner. I'm manifesting. <sighs> I don't know where I come out on Connor Brown anymore, man. Like. Ah, He's our just, problem to begin. Or to why do we keep picking? Why do we keep picking at it? Just let him keep plugging away on the fourth line and see whatever happens. It's like Jack Campbell. There's no point in even wasting your breath on it right now. Sure. Yeah. Wow. We can leave it. Yeah, yeah. I just mean like there's no point in, t- in like debate. Like it's just whatever happens, happens now. We've got we've got nine guys playing in front of them that are very success- successful right now. They're putting up a lot of points. We have six guys playing on defense that are playing really well. And we have got two guys in, in net that are playing really well. I just keep doing it that. And I don't think we need to like spend too much time worrying about a guy like Connor Brown. He right now he's a fourth line player. Like, and when Sam Gagne comes back with the way Adam Ernie's been playing, like it's, it's really yep. toss up to see who stays in and goes out. So he's only getting $750,000 this year. If you want to talk about the, 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 the bonus or whatever, well, it's up and it's already gone. It's paid out. It's going to be paid out, whatever the, 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 Levels have been met already. It doesn't matter to me. Hey, he's going to have to score some quality goals. Now it's not going to be quantity. It's going to be have to be quality. He's going to score, you know, a game winner against LA. He's going to have to score, you know, a power or a, a playoff goal or two. That's where you're going to get your value out of him now. Eh, you just get a four or a six goals out of what? 11 <laughs> games like Ryan McLeod and he'll be fine. Maybe he gets a big one tomorrow against LA. And that's kind of the start of uh, getting the ball rolling for him. Well, Dan, Dan makes a good point too. like Ryan McLeod. Now, if you look at his pace for the season, he is on pace for 15.37 goals over an 82 game season. If Ryan McLeod scored 15 goals, no one's going to complain at all about his production on the season. So if you're looking at Connor Brown, like no one saw four goals in four games coming from Ryan McLeod before that streak started. Right. So Connor Brown, like I know right now it feels dumb to say something like this, but if he scores four goals in the next five games and you're sitting there and you go four goals in 30 games, you pace it up. It's almost 12 goals. Like again, not great, but you can start to see the path towards him having a somewhat productive season. He needs a heater though, to do it, which I guess is the big hurdle. So we're trying to be uh, optimistic. We love a heater. (laughs) I'll be cheering for a heater. Heaters have saved our season so far. So why not? Um, I did a little bit of research. Speaking of a potential heater coming up, I got a piece that's coming up on OilersNation.com that people can read either uh, later today, early tomorrow, one of the two, um, about just the Oilers and how they traditionally like to go on late season heaters. So I look back that first playoff year with McDavid from October until December, they had a 592 points percentage. 
from January 1st on, they had a 659 point percentage. If you go back to two seasons ago, the year where they fired Tippett for Woodcroft, in the first three months of the season, so from October till December 31st, they had a 592 points percentage. In the back half of the season, 657. Late game or late season heater for the Oilers. And then you even go back to last year, it's the most remarkable. They had a 553 points percentage on December 31st from January 1st on 761. This is a team that loves saving their best hockey for late in the season. And when you look at the stretch from now, including yesterday against San Jose, from now until the end of January, they have 14 games. Two of them are against what I would call elite teams, LA and Toronto. The They have five games, though, against lottery contenders. They've beaten San Jose already. They get Anaheim once, Columbus, and two against Chicago. Like, over this 14-game stretch in January, it is not unrealistic to think that they could go 11-3 and three over this. 14-0. and oh. Okay. Take 11-3 and three and add it to the 19-6 and six they are, or whatever it is, since, uh, since garlic, garlic took over. Yeah, what is the record since garlic took over? 19 and 6, I think. Is it? Damn. I didn't think nine, it was that good. Or nine. When did he get canned on the 12th, 11th, or when did he come in on 12th? 13 and 6, Rick. 13, it's my bad. 13 wins in 19 games is probably what uh, what you're thinking of. Anyways, oh, the yeah. others traditionally get hot in the back half of the season and the month of January, the schedule gets very easy. So I know there's no winnable games in the NHL, but that's potentially a stretch that the Oilers could take advantage of. Um, But of course, no one's ever happy with the status quo. Calvin Pickard is giving the Oilers some decent starts and yet people are still itching for changes between the pipes. It is our delicious debate and it is brought to you by Wendy's and the all new Wendy's app. Did you know you can get 150 bonus reward points on your first order and grab the sweet taste of what is a delicious Wendy's lunch when you download the Wendy's app? Or if you want to win some more prizes, head to dailyfaceoff.com, play the survivor pool game, and you could win weekly prizes like the spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's and the Wendy's app. Your delicious debate today, gentlemen. Everyone's clamoring for it, but when would you call up the number one goalie in the American Hockey League, Olivier Rodrigue? Rick, when do you do it? Uh, you don't do it till, you know, the last couple of games of the season or next season, unless you're forced upon by these two goaltenders that you have up here right now. Like, yeah. there's just, there is no point in bringing them up here. You're not like, why would you play him ahead of Stu unless you're trying to rest Stu or give Stu a night off? And why would you play him ahead of, of Pickard unless Pickard's shown you that his game has dropped off a bit and you need that win and you need and you and you really want to see? Like, there's just there's no real big advantage to having him play this season for the player's growth itself. You know what you if he if he just gets through the rest of the season, he's the number one goal in the AHL. That is enough in itself. You don't need to have the number one goaltender in the AHL who had two games in AHL and did this, that, or the other thing. So unless you're forced to buy these two goaltenders right now, I don't see any point in bringing them up. And it's not against him. It's just, just let him keep playing down there. Why would you rush him? What do you say? Yeah, I'm with Rick. I'm with Rick. Like, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Like, looking at Pickard's five games played, he's got two wins, a two nine nine goals against, and eight nine eight save percentage. Now, those aren't sparkling numbers by any any means. But he's the backup. 
exactly. He's the backup and Stu's playing really well right now. Why not let Rodrigue like, yes, this AHL run he's on right now is fantastic. He's got the best save percentage in the league for goaltenders that have played whatever number of games it is. Five plus games. Let him keep it going. Let him be the big fish in a small pond for a little bit. I don't see why that's a bad thing unless there's some kind of, like Rick said, some kind of unforeseen circumstances that forces the team's hand. Why wouldn't you want Rodrigue playing every night or every other night or however they're going to do the split? seems like he's playing every night right now. Why wouldn't you want that down in the AHL? Let him develop. It's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. And if you see a dip in our top two goaltenders right now, then I think before you go bring up Olivier Rodriguez and let him take kick at it is you make that trade to get rid of Campbell and bring in that veteran goaltender that you're going to plan on going into the playoffs with, with Stu. Damn. There is just no point in it. All right. Well, you guys have made me, you've challenged me to uh, come up with a reason as to why we should do this. Uh, I think that uh, how can you make a Jordan Bennington thing happen without uh, calling up your AHL goaltender that you've never used in NHL? Okay. That's a bad one. Uh, I think that it might be good to have them uh, bring him up because him and Stuart Skinner could be come like a really good duo of buddies together. Okay. That's not great. I, like, I don't, I don't know. This is like some kind of stepbrother situation. I'd like to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe right. Like the drop, we could sell some more subscriptions to Oilers plus that's, that's how we'll do this. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how else to, to spin it as an organization other than like you guys listed if Pickard starts to falter and, or becomes, you know, like a toxic situation in the locker room or vice versa, maybe Campbell becomes a toxic situation in the locker room and they want to get Rod Reed out of there. I don't know, but I'm just I, like, that's the only reason I think that you bring Rod Reed up anytime before the playoffs. Like Rick said, maybe he's your, I don't know if you can even carry black aces anymore, but that's the only reason you would, I would really find a, a way to f- make him an NHL goaltender this season. He doesn't come up for the playoffs until Bakersfield is done with their playoffs because you're not going to yeah, bring up exactly, to be number yeah. three Black and lose out of the opportunity to, put, to take a team through the playoffs down there. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you guys a little bit, and I'm going to make a legitimate case for this guy coming up. <laughs> and I am going to say, right now, okay. I agree. It's, it's premature. I know there's people who are like, Call him up for Anaheim. It's an easy game. And it's like, no, like it's still an NHL game. Anaheim's got some good young shooters. Like, you don't bring him up for the Ducks. But... I am eyeing up December or sorry, January 23rd against the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first 20 days of January. The Condors play eight times. There are five spots you could give Rodriguez starts between the one more start. He's going to get this weekend in December and five more games. You could give him in January. He'll be at 16 games on the season. If he still has above a 930 save percentage in the American League, I think you need to do it. I was I saw the tweet the other day from Pat Puff, who produces After Dark for us and a few other things around the network. And he mentioned that there are like five goalies drafted after Olivier Rodrigue. Sorry, six, oh, five goalies drafted after Olivier Rodrigue in his draft year who are starting in the NHL right now, like getting regular starts. Lucas Doshtal in Anaheim, Joel Hofer, Ivan Prosvedov, Akira Schmid and Sam Urson in Philly. These guys are all coming up and being impactful goalies in the NHL. It's not like they'd be rushing Olivier Rodrigue into this. It's actually kind of right along where his development should be. And the other thing is, if by that 15th or 16th start, if he's still 930 or better, you're not forcing a guy up who's got a 905 and you're just like crossing yourselves and we're praying that this works out. He's 
earned it in the American League. And if he comes up and can give you quality NHL minutes and you know you can lock in that duo, not just for the rest of this season, but for next year and maybe even the year after that, your future plans become a lot easier to to sort out. So I think there's no downside to giving him a start against Columbus in late January if his heater keeps going. I know I have a couple caveats in there, but like, what's the downside to starting him that game against Columbus? What what could be the worst thing that happens versus the upside what, is the owners lose. What's the upside though? You just found your one B to go with Stuart Skinner for the next five six years. He just had a he had one good game. That that was small like sample size. Like I agree with you. I want to see those two as our as our goaltending duo going forward. But just like counter that one argument there, if he has a good game, it's like, well, okay, it was it was a good game, good. If it's a bad game, like, well, it was one it was one bad game. Like, what's the big deal? Either way, you can't get too high or too low about either one of those. It's just I don't think he's gonna be your number two going into the playoffs this year. Why can't and he be though? Would you be willing to? If you start him against Columbus and he back, plays I well, I want to go back and find October Tyler right now. I want October Tyler to sit here, look me dead in the eye, and say that he's somewhat okay with having Skinner and Rodriguez be the Oilers one and two goaltenders going to the playoffs this year. October, that's, what, can I, you also that's what I want to see. Can you also tell that Tyler the save percentage that he had, would have in the middle of or end of December? <laughs> Could you tell me Jack Campbell's save percentage? And I'd go, ooh, yes. 83. Jack's not playing that good. Hey, then you'd go, no, Tyler. That's his save percentage in Bakersfield. And October me would be very upset. So I mean, you were ready. What were you willing to trade for Saros there a little while ago? First Broberg, Campbell, and another first. Well, I'm I pretty think. sure there's two firsts yeah, in there. Two firsts, Broberg and Campbell. I would still do it. Um, but my point is if he plays I good, sorry, I think go. you threw in a Holloway or a McLeod too. For I record. might have. I might have. I was spending BM. What's up? Looking at the list of names that uh, Pat tweeted, though, outside of I'm just looking at all their numbers outside of Joel Hofer. He's got a 912. Nobody else has really got save percentage worth writing home about. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, like some- 893. Um, what's this guy's name? Sammy Erickson's got 902. Have they all started their NHL careers this year, essentially? For the most well, part, well, like some of those names, like Dostal started last year, arrived against the Oilers. Uh, but like right. a lot of those players are not necessarily in uh, the best situations. Yeah, they're on uh, shitty teams that don't have Stanley Cup <laughs> aspirations. So, like, I just so, think that the pressure on those guys specifically is a little bit less than it. Rodriguez came up here. Fair. And I think that, and I think that that's Rick kind of highlighted a good point of the risk of one game uh, being the one game syndrome. Either way, you know, is an issue yeah, for this way. guy. So it just, it's yeah. I don't know. I, I see, I see the merit of what Tyler said. I'm glad that you came to my side after you heard my great arguments. So there we go. I like just let Rodriguez keep doing his thing. Let him like, unless something really goes off the rails, like let him be. And even if something goes off, I think your first plan has to be go figure out that goaltender situation. See, and I'm the reverse of you, Rick. I, before I go make a trade, I go bring up Rodriguez and see if he's, like Dan said, Jordan Binnington 2.0. Yeah. Would you, add, <laughs> would you ever consider packaging the, the, the prospects of what Rodriguez could be in terms? And then let's just say you, you package Rodriguez, a first, Campbell, and Broberg. And throw him out there for that bigger name goaltender at all? Like a Saros. Sure. It'd be tempting, but at the same time, like 
the idea of Rodrigue comes up, gives you a few good starts. Let's get further down the line and say this summer you give him a two-year deal, million bucks a year, right? Your goalie You're fully duo willing is, to go into next year with Stuart Skinner and I and Olivia Rodriguez as your one-two? Oh, I'd be totally you? fine with that, yeah. For $3.6 million, that's such a bargain if you can get it done. No, hey, listen, I'm down with it. And I love the fact that we play, want to play kids. And I've been, and I've, you know, people have written off Skinner a couple of years ago and they wrote off uh, Ollie two years ago. And I was like, hey, like goaltenders take time, guys. Allow this shit to happen. And whatever happens, don't rush it. Just let it happen. We're letting it happen. Look where we are right now. So, yeah, I'd be all for it. I just tend to get painted with that Homer brush and be like, no, that's not good enough. You need a legit or whatever. And so that's just my question. You are a Homer. <laughs> I've been watching you. We know from the following this team mascot. enough that uh, <laughs> that if Bob yeah. if Bob Stoffer's dropping hints, it could be happening. And, and Bobby's been on the case, so you never know. Ah, see, I, I can't get behind. That's like people say, like, every time Speck says something, something's about to happen. Or every time <laughs> Trina's lane or whatever the hell that person is. they There's just no substance to this anymore you can't go back and the oh, last time bob made a whisper of something it came true it was this that or the other thing and that goes with the rest of them so i can't think i can't look at those anymore i used to sit there and watch that trina's whatever and like get excited when garfield's talking about us and go you know what something might be happening now nothing ever happens i can't get excited no more it just it might as well be just somebody like a homeless person on the street bobby's got a new career as a an ah. anyway wasn't that Eklund? Wasn't he the homeless guy on the street? Who? Eklund? Eklund. From hockey butt? No, he was, he was the guy in a black room that we wouldn't be able to see his face. Yeah. He just laid out his entire business plan where he just threw things out and people listened to him for a while and then everybody realized... Well, yeah, I think oh, he, he throws out preliminary out. phone calls. Like, if he was sitting in the stands one day and he saw Bob go over and start talking to the Ottawa, play, <laughs> the Ottawa GM trying to make a trade back yeah. in 2011... So he's going, you know, what, what were those names? Bang, 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 bang. Just for funsies. You guys are talking about Eklund. I popped over to hockey buzz. I haven't been to this website in a minute and his top story. I shit you not boys. His top story on the website right now is E4. Of course, you got to remember the ratings. E1. That's just a oh, people might best, right? Five is yeah, basically a done deal. So we've got an E4 Edmonton targeting UC Soros. I am told Edmonton and the Preds have had several discussions surrounding Soros. As one source put it, there's no question Edmonton has to go big or go home, and they cannot wait for another month to see what happens. The Preds aren't shopping Soros at all, but they will listen, and they are listening. Okay, which one of you three <laughs> has the, uh, the connection? Which Who's being bugged by Eklund right now? Because that was a real fast turnaround to get this this article posted. Let me see your text messages, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the the article is like the exact trade we just talked about two seconds ago. <laughs> He's in our chat right now, like listening to the show. Um, all right, we're going to continue along with the show, but first, we do need to step aside for a quick break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, continuing along on a December 29th edition of Oilers Nation Radio, our final show of 2023 from a, and like if we had to rank like the best Oilers moments of the year, I think, you know, Connor McDavid putting up 150 points would be like right damn near the top of the list. It's It's got to be number one. He did something that hadn't been done yet this century. But if I had to ask you guys for like a good nation memory from 2023, what's uh what's maybe something that stands out for you guys? Maybe not like, I mean, I'll go first. Watching them win against the LA Kings when we had that big party going on down with our friends at Greta and we were popping champagne on the dance floor and all of that stuff, like way overreacting to winning one playoff round. But that night was just so much fun. Yamamoto scoring the big goal, all of that, like absolutely electric. Um, any of you guys have a good like fan nation-y random obscure memory from 2023? Rick, go. Did you actually pop champagne? Yes. It was Prosecco, so no. Oh, I okay. Yeah, listen, I thought my my DJ. I think it was that one where he decided to start playing "We Are the Champions," and I had it turned off as soon as I could get to the damn DJ booth. That is far too premature. There was no that is turn that off right now. I don't care if we go dead dead silence right now. While you look for a better song, we're not playing that right now. The answer is uh, November 11th in Seattle. That was a great little time. can't wait for you know the next one in in Arizona and it launched the oiler the real oilers this season i'll go with um the 15th anniversary party that was man that was a hell of a day the oilers played seattle that day we packed the bar it was full of nation citizens for a matinee we had just an absolute blast and then we as a crew we all went over to japanese village after it was over <laughs> to have dinner it was just it was a great day and it was wild that the website is now as old as it is and kind of as big as it is. And for me, I've kind of been around a minute. It's, it was just a lot of fun to watch what it's turned into, just the size of our staff now, just the impact on the city we've made and with people that are, you know, hardcore Oilers fans as well. So the 15th anniversary party has to rank right up there for me. That is a great one, Dan. Uh, for me, it's the it's an early early memory for me in in January uh, going to Vegas, uh, which ended up being my last uh, official nation vacation as the uh, manager of travel and events. So uh, an absolute great way to send me off from that from that role with the company. Uh, had an absolute blast with everybody doing the the Tom's the watch party at Tom's Urban. I think was probably the the highlight for me. 
uh, just had a lot of fun setting that all up and, and I think seeing everybody kind of get in the VIP section and just have a little fun uh, that way, feeling like we, we really took over a, a part of Vegas that night uh, and just had an absolute blast with people. So it was a, it was a great time and, and a, a great send off for, uh, for me from that role. And, and great to see you guys now having fun in Arizona and, and in Seattle there too, of course. And shout out to Tom's Watch Bar for not having the uh, the channel for the Oilers game until moments before puck drop. I'm not going to lie to you, Bag Milk, as I was remembering this memory and remembering it fondly, uh, I did have a little bit of a trauma response to the yes. The, Understandable. The fact that, that the general manager did approach me with a stone face and told me, yeah, five minutes before that they did not have the subscription that I had absolutely had an email chain uh, eight months previous that was confirming that they would have the subscription ready to go. But it all worked out. That is a great part of that story. Looking back on it in the moment. Yeah, stressful. But now that's fun. Um, BM, I'd also say us watching the game in Vegas where the Oilers just laid the boots to them in the playoffs. The dry settle game with the four goals like that's an awesome memory. Just how quiet that building got in such a hurry when Leon started popping off the comeback in L.A. with Zach Hyman scoring the OT winner like the playoff run in 2023 wasn't as long as the one in 2022. Not going to the Western Conference Finals, but the boys still gave us some unbelievable memories over uh, the two rounds against LA and Vegas, and hopefully we get a really long one in 2024. I think that might be something we do on uh, Tuesday's edition of the pod. Maybe we'll dig into what we're hoping to see from the Oilers in 2024, Uh, but instead... Lastly, Tyler, how could I not say Ryan Nugent Hopkins hitting 104 points? (laughs) I mean... Nobody saw him having a hundred point season. Let's be honest. Before that, his career high was 69 points. So to have him fly past it and hit 104, he's on pace for 82 this year. So he's on pace for another fine season quietly. But yeah, Nuge at 104, that was pretty fun. And then the video from Oilers Plus that came out where they were giving him the hundred point cake and everybody was super fired up for him. That was fun too. Yeah. Nuge hits a hundred this year. I mean, in 2024, maybe the equal story is Hyman scoring 50 for the Oilers. Maybe Bouchard as a point-of-game defenseman. Plenty to look forward to in the new year for the Oilers. Uh, let's wrap up the show, boys, with a little bit of hot and cold performers. It is brought to you by Greta. Yes, the spot where we made all of our playoff memories last year, and we're looking forward to doing it again in the spring of 2024. They are your pregame spot. They are your postgame spot. They are your weekend spot, even if there are no games on Good times to be had down at Greta, as we always do. We start with our veggies. Dan, oh, and BM's on the buttons as well. Even though we're in different locations, I got BM sitting with the roadcaster. So the buttons right. are on him today. I really want to make that clear. Uh, but Dan, what is your cold form of the week? Uh, my cold performer of the week is going to go to the uh, Pop-Tart Bowl. And uh, whatever the hell that was uh, where they decided to make a mascot turn into a giant edible pop tart. It just was weird. Uh, I had a lot of fun laughing at it and making memes out of it, but, uh, but yeah, the pop tart bowl for not really thinking through, uh, turning a human mascot into an edible dessert. It was very smart. The free marketing they're getting out of is incredible. You just mentioned it twice. Actually, I saw a a thing on, on Twitter that told you like, how much over what they normally would have spent to get that type of exposure. That's like three times by leaning into your sponsor of your bowl game than just whatever. So they leaned, leaned into it. And hey, at that point, it's pop tarts, man. There's no such thing as bad publicity. 
hey, I, I didn't factor in the economy and the free market society <laughs> into my cold form. I'm sorry. You know what, too? Pop-Tarts, though, I do have a gripe with them because me misses bought Pop-Tarts a little while ago. I haven't had a Pop-Tart in, I'm going to say, a decade. A decade plus. <laughs> They've filling? really shorted the amount of icing on top of the Pop-Tart these days. It is not what I remember when I used to get Pop-Tarts. I'll tell you that much. Buy Pop-Tarts and then go over to the cake aisle and get some of that, uh, and yeah. get some of that, that, uh, fuck is it called? Icing? Yeah, the icing. Grab some right. icing and just, uh, you know, liberally apply for yourself. The hand motion was the best, Rick. It, it got us all to where you need us to be. Yeah, thank you. I thought the memes were unbelievable. I also really like, I think it's like the Dave's Real Mayo Bowl and the winning coach gets a whole Gatorade jug of mayonnaise yeah. dumped onto them and then cool. they have to do an interview after. And the coach this year looked so pissed off about being covered in mayonnaise. It was very good. Uh, Rick, who's your cold performer of the week? I'm going to piggyback off mine from last week and it's still all the nine to fivers with the week off. Like they're everywhere. I can't get anywhere peacefully, <laughs> quietly on a Monday, Tuesday afternoon. So I'm just hiding in my condo the next Tuesday and then I got to come back out and live my life. Emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's fair. We're always good for like three good Rick rants like that at different points of the year where you're like, there's people out during the day. I don't there's like people it. Out there. Go back to work. You're getting your money away. Rick rant, Rick rant, Rick rant. Uh, BM, your cold performer of the week. My cold performer of the week is the way cell phones work now mm. in terms of I did not need a new phone at all. My phone was fine. Everything was working well. I had space. It was still the screen was good. All of that stuff. All true. But because my contract was over, I had this bring it back thing where if I wanted to just keep my old phone, I would have had to pay my provider $700. So... I guess I just had to get a new phone. So while I do enjoy this new phone I have, I did not want one. I did not need one. And it, the whole thing just feels like a cash grab to me. And I'm very upset about it. The pictures of Frank are going to be so much better though now. Oh, they're Chris, baby. <laughs> Put it on portrait. I'm going to give my cold performer of the week to the Detroit Pistons, who after starting the year two and one have lost 28 consecutive NBA games. They almost took the best team in the league, the Boston Celtics, down last night as 17 and a half point underdogs, but lost the game in overtime. Of course, in the NBA, no OT losses. It's just wins and losses. So their streak is now at 28 consecutive losses. That's that's the twenty. They were up by twenty one last night. No, yeah, they were twenty one points. They were up by that was at the half. (laughs) If you go back, Tyler, and you listen, that's a there's a shot for every loss they've had this season. Yep, that's that's what I was trying to go for. I was trying to count there. Nice. Um, And the crazy thing about the NBA this year is that there's still two teams, even though they lost twenty eight games in a row. There are two teams that they're still only three wins behind, which is wild. But this streak, it's must watch TV because they're going out there. The Pistons play every game like it's a game seven. They're just so inept. So it's fun to watch them going as hard as they can. And the other team just like clearly so rattled at the possibility they might lose to the Pistons. It's great. Do they beat Toronto tomorrow? There's no way. Maybe. 
how are they doing against the spread? Non-better question. Ooh, that's a good question. I, sh- I, I will try find the answer uh, for you on that one. Uh, but let's do our hot performers of the week. Um, oh, is it going to load fast enough for me to make this not awkward? It is Detroit against the spread this season, 11-19-1. Not bad. <laughs> that's not bad. It's not too bad. Not great either, really, for humans. But anyways. Uh, Hot performers of the week. BM, you get to go first because I'm flipping the order. Who do you got? I'm going to go my dude, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. In his last 10 games played, I mean, he's settling in really, really nicely. The Hyman, McDavid, Nuge line, best line in hockey right now. He's settling in very nicely on the left side. He has got 14 points in his last 10 games. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you're my Hot Performer of the Week. Let's go, baby. All right. Uh, I think it is Dan next up in my order. Dan, your hot form of the week. Uh, well, I, I think if you go back in the tape uh, and Kennedy, I know is going back in the tape uh, and, and record back. You'll never hear me saying something positive about it, but I'm going to do it now. Uh, Oilers plus content that came out uh, going to give a hot performer to Mr. Bob Stoffer and uh, his showing off of his skating skills. That man <laughs> must have taught, must have taught McDavid a few things from his uh, in his time with this organization. As a person that has learned, had taught himself to skate two years ago, uh, Bob Stoffer, your silky smooth skating is uh, something to watch, and you're going to get my hot performer of the week. Children's choir applauds Bob Stoffer's skating. Uh, Rick, your hot performer of the week. Uh, if you're looking at the guys on the team, man, I think there's only one you can look at right now, and it's Ryan McLeod. Uh, Liam's been trying to chase him out of town for a couple of weeks now. I think he finally figured it out. He saw some of the articles, and it's kind of gotten under his skin a bit. So he decided to turn his game around and hope that the the scout from the Sherp Parker Staters ch- changes his opinion on him. But uh, Mr. McLeod, he's definitely the hot performer. Thank you! Thank you, Ryan McLeod, for the four goals over the last four games. Uh, I will give my hot performer to a couple of new teammates that are joining us at our network in the new year, starting on January 2nd, every single morning at 7 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Eastern. You can watch Johnny Lazarus and former NHLer Colby Cohen. They're going together to give us a new morning show on the Daily Face-Off YouTube. They're going to bring a really kind of fresh, young perspective to things going on around the NHL, and it is going live every day. So another good show to add to your sports content repertoire and another good couple lads that we're adding to our team at the Nation Network. So Johnny Laz, Colby Cohen, and the new show, Morning Cup of Hockey. Get my Hot Performer of the Week. Yeah! I know we did our rank the holidays on the last episode and Rick, because of your employment, you'll be going hard on New Year's. Uh, Dan and BM, do either of you go hard on New Year's? Or are you in bed by 11? Well, I don't know if you knew this, but I'm in Halifax right now. Ah. And uh, so the time change is absolutely murder. Uh, that hockey game, like the fact that the Oilers scheduled in this this california run for me has just been absolutely money last night's game started at 11 30 local time i was i was up until 2 a.m uh watching the oilers beat the sharks uh so yeah i'm i will be up i will be up long past midnight uh and uh yeah it's uh, it's miserable out here <laughs> no i i stopped caring about new year's a long time ago it is a sunday for me, New Year's Eve. So I'm looking forward to sleeping in, but I'm on after dark tomorrow, or I guess Sunday with Aaron. So we'll be doing the last after dark of the year for 2023. So I'm looking forward to that. That's what will I'm you doing. be in a tuxedo for it? 
Always. That's what I wear 24 seven. Yeah. He's wearing one right now, Rick. Come on. Mm-hmm. Three uh, piece. Well, right. it's Canadian tuxedo. Come on, Rick. You were pointing at me. Did you Denim, have something Denim. else to say before the end of the show? Pardon? You were pointing at me before I did my new year's question. Did you have anything else to say before the end of the show? I don't think so. I just point a lot. He just wanted to fight you. He was calling you Fair out enough. through the screen. Mm-hmm. All right. I was watching I, uh, the Canada Sweden junior game here, not not going so well. So I flipped yeah, over the dip. Spangler Cup game, and things are pro Canada over here. Shout out the Sweden fans though for trolling the Canadian hockey fans by doing the "Hey baby." Apparently, I just heard, read that on Twitter. This is I, I like. I don't know that I've been less interested in a World Juniors than I am this year for quite some time. Get I think you old. and I are aging out, bag milk. I kind yeah, of, I think yeah. so. But like, there's the also no, there's no Oilers prospects to watch at all either. Yeah, so that's a part of it. At least normally we have a couple of guys who we can kind of pay attention to. This year we don't have that, so I just I find myself really struggling to care. I'll start to care in the medal round, but yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at too. Um, all right, Canada does play Germany at 11:30 on December. 31st. Is Leon on his team? Leon, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then I'll... All right. That's a wrap on uh, this week's edition of the pod. We will be back on Tuesday and I believe we'll be back in studio for that one as well. Shout out to Alberta Blue Cross, DoorDash, Wendy's, Greta, and you, the listener. Thanks for tuning into this podcast in 2023. We hope to see you again in 2024 as the Oilers continue their run through this season. Thanks for tuning in. Stay safe on New Year's. I said this on ONE. I'll say it here. Don't be a dummy and don't drink and drive. You three all stay safe as well. Dan, safe travels as you eventually make it back to Edmonton. Thanks for doing this pod for another year, and we'll chat with you all in 2024. Bye. Bye, everybody. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.